And now, the hosts of Surge Baseball and Beyond, Cookie Rojas and Tim Grubbs. Welcome back, folks, to another episode of Surge Baseball and Beyond. This is episode two, and I'm here in the studio remotely with the voice of the Wichita Wind Surge, Mr. Tim Grubbs. How's it going today, Tim? Oh, Cookie, it's it's going all right. Uh, today was the day that uh, the day you and I are recording this. I was supposed to be uh, traveling to uh, Round Rock, Texas, so it's kind of an odd feeling that uh, you know we should be opening up baseball, and here you are, uh, here we are, just talking remotely about uh, potentially playing baseball at some point. I know it's so weird because I was looking at my calendar and I was and I was looking, and from what I understand, I mean the stadium uh, is close to being ready, um, you know, completed in terms of construction. And I had a, we had a whole bunch of different things that we had lined up. You know, the players were supposed to be flying in. I just feel like an empty, it's a weird, empty feeling. Like I should be doing, like this should be happening right now. Like I've been doing this for so long, for so many years. I mean, this is year 24 for you, 23? 25. Um, this is your silver anniversary. Yes, it is. And it is very Happy anniversary weird. to you. Well, yeah. Thanks. And it's just, yeah. And it just seems like. I don't know. For some reason, I keep looking like, oh, yeah. I'm so, and it's like, nope, not yet. And and I mean, we have no idea what's going to happen. I mean, there's so many reports out there and so many rumors flying around. But in reality, folks, you know, Tim and I are, are just like everyone else. We're on hold and just waiting to see, you know, when uh, we're going to get this baseball season started. I know we've got this, you know, beautiful riverfront stadium um, that's just spectacular. And it's going to be a, a, it's a beautiful cathedral that's you know, um, going to be just great for baseball. These guys are absolutely going to love it, you know? So. No, I mean, I think it's going to be great. I'm really looking forward to it. I actually uh, drove by it the other day. You know what I mean? Kind of the, the boredom setting in, you know? So I went downtown and drove around the ballpark. And, I, you know, they could tell that there's still a little bit of work. And it looks like they're doing doing a great job of getting everything ready. Yeah. I mean, like everyone says, I've talked to some of my friends around the league and been on conference calls. And they're like, oh, you know, it's... This is, you know, giving you guys a little extra time and whatnot. And I'm like, yeah, I get it. But at the same time, I'd rather be, I'd rather be doing what we do. I this agree. Is year, um, <laughs> this is year, let's see, my daughter, yeah, this is year 22 for me. 22 so I'm, for I'm, you, I'm, yeah. I'm three years behind you. So this is something that we definitely won't forget. So um, so we're on, we're, we're basically, you know, uh, stay at home, shelter in place. That's what we're doing right now. Um, and you and I, you know, we were talking about in pre-production, uh, what are some of the things you're watching right now? Because I'm sure people want to know. And like I said, folks, we talk about baseball and beyond. But what are some of the things that you're watching right now on on whatever platform that you have at home? <laughs> well, I do have cable, but, uh, you know, we do have Netflix as well. And, uh, uh, you know, I've been open to just about anything. So anybody have any ideas, let me know. I did succumb to Tiger King. Um, <laughs> I did. My wife and I did watch that movie. I mean, uh, watch that show. So, uh, yep, we did it. <laughs> oh my God. I'm, I'm guilty. So one day I'm sitting here and my wife's like, Oh, we should really watch Tiger King. Like I'm, I'm, I'm really, um, I have this long list of Netflix things that I want to get through. I think everyone can agree. We have these long lists. My list on Netflix is like everyone else's. And um, I'm looking at this as an opportunity to cut into that list and, and not add things. I'm trying to avoid adding things. And my wife goes, oh, we should watch Tiger King. I'm like, it's not even on my list. Like, what is this thing? And I saw the cover on it on Netflix. And I'm like, I definitely don't want to watch this. And I sat there. <clears throat> I kid you not. 
and, I, and my uh, daughter is staying with us uh, during this whole thing. And uh, she's like, yeah, let's watch this. My daughter and I sat there. And we watched all seven episodes. We binged the whole thing. We, we didn't go to bed until like two o'clock in the morning. I don't know why, but we sat there with our mouths agape and we were just like, what? Like, I mean, it is like nonstop. Like you, you can't believe some of the peculiar things that happen. And if you haven't watched it, folks, you got to get into it. Uh, I'm with you. What were your thoughts on on Tiger King after you watched it? So I watched it on two different nights. Um, watched episode one and two on one night. And after episode two, other than the fact that my <laughs> wife still has to work, we would have continued to watch it. But it was getting kind of late. And my wife said she had to go to bed. I was locked. I thought it was dumb. I mean, I'll admit, I thought it was dumb, but I was like, this is good. Now, the next day, episodes three and four, I thought were kind of lackluster. You know what I mean? I was kind of like, right. at that point, when you get four episodes into, what was it, seven episodes total. Seven episodes, you gotta, yeah. You're going for it. And, <laughs> and then at the end, I'm Googling to find out what happened to Carol. And, you know, and then I find out that yeah. they are going to make another episode, like a bonus episode. So, are they really? I didn't yeah, know that. I guess there's oh, more information man. and there's something out there. So, but no, it's really oh. dumb. Um, it's not. Oh God! It's typically a show that I would never watch, but uh, yeah. I got locked in, you know, and yeah. and I watched yeah. it. I have been getting caught up on other movies, and I know you're a movie buff, <laughs> but I did watch uh, yeah. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood the other day. Oh, you finally got a chance I to see finally, it? I finally watched it, you know. You and, watched uh, Tarantino Twist History, which yep. is I, – I, I don't mind. I enjoy it. I think it's great. What would you think? What would you think of the movie? It's a little too long, but – It is. Ultimate, it is long. You know, I'm not a two-and-a-half-hour – I guess that's what it was. It was something that yeah. was a little long. I, but, you know, looking back on it, I don't know what you would have cut out. You know what I mean? You know, where would you have trimmed? Right. What would you have edited? Um, ultimately, I really enjoyed it, you know. And, right. And seeing, you know, how many, you know, qu- typical Tarantino, how many different actors are in it that you're like, hey, I know that guy. Yeah, I know that yeah. girl. <laughs> yeah. And he uses them so often and it's it's just been hilarious. I mean, that to me is such a, a good movie. I really enjoyed it. I, I enjoy how Tarantino, if you haven't seen it, folks, spoiler alert, you know, the way he plays with history is just so much fun. It um, really is. Now, and I've watched. Now you have. You know, I, I, my wife and I watch a lot of these. Uh, I don't know. It sounds morbid or whatever, but we watch a lot of the serial killer stuff. And you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. We watch 48 Hours and Dateline yeah. and 2020. So, and we've seen a lot of the documentaries on all this stuff. Yeah. So for us to see this twist, I, I thought it was yeah. kind of, you know, we both enjoyed it. Because you, I, I you really knew the story. It. I knew the yeah, story. You knew the sto- Exactly. And as soon as but he did a good the... job of building it up, though, he like you, he, you got thinking like towards the end, like, oh man, here it comes. I don't want to see it. I totally forgot that he messes with with uh, with history. Yeah, know? no, it was a really good movie, and I, I watch all the award shows. So, and that's usually where mm-hmm. I come up with my list of movies to watch because I'm a little behind. You know, I don't go to the theater too often, but um, right. yeah, no, it, but it was really entertaining, and I'm glad I watched it. Absolutely. All right. So we got to talk because we talked about this before. You have a daughter at home. I have a daughter at home. Slightly different age groups. Right. Um, <laughs> what have been some of the shows you've been watching with her? And then I'll tell you what my daughter wanted to watch with us. Well, you know, when you have a three-year-old, you you know, you're... <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 I, and her and I have been home together a lot more. So it's, it, you know, typically I try to not have her watch too much stuff. She watches sports with me. You know, attention span is not 
too long, but this hasn't been on. So um, I don't have a lot of watch, so I just sit there and watch her shows. But we watch Dora the Explorer quite a bit. There you um, go. There's a new Disney show. I don't know if it's – I think it's new because it's season one. It's called Tots. T-O-T-S. It's transporting something. <laughs> so, hmm. um, okay. I watch it all the time with her. And um, yeah. it, it's, it's – she. that's her new favorite show. Um, so she watches it all the time. I was trying to find out the name of it for you, but it's, uh, it's entertaining, but you know what I mean? When you have a, when you have a three-year-old, it's, it's, you know, that sort of thing, but no, I'm entertained by some of these shows. Yeah. And my daughter, uh, is soon to be 22 and she's graduating college. Sadly, she came out to Kansas for spring break because everyone does that. And uh, she came out for spring break and she got stuck here because there's no going back to her campus. It's closed. And in, in my home state is Rhode Island. If you have to go back, you have to go into 14 days of uh, quarantine, isolation. And we don't have anywhere to put her. So she's here with us. She's doing classes remotely. And just to show you the difference between, you know, your three-year-old and my 22-year-old, she really wanted to watch uh, Kill Bill 1 and Kill Bill 2. And so that's what, that's where we are right now. That's where we're watching uh, at the Rojas residence here on the Chisholm Trail. So just a slightly different uh, taste in terms of what's going on on television and in the movie. So. No, but I... it's been interesting being with her. And I, 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 there's a lot of TLC being played, a lot of botched. I don't know if you've ever heard of this show, but it's bad plastic surgeries. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> the, weirdest, the weirdest show but my daughter gives me uh, just so much joy. She makes me laugh so hard. So, um, so that's where we are right now, folks. We're literally right now doing this. We're thankful that you've tuned in. A lot of people have. We got great, um, uh, uh, you know, responses to our first episode. And you interviewed um, Lou Schweckheimer, the managing partner. And in this episode, Tim, you know, before we get to it, you interviewed our president, uh, uh, Mr. Jay Miller. So tell us a little bit about that before we get into the interview. Yeah, Jay's great. You know, I've known Jay. I know you've known Jay for a long time. Um, He's always been Mm -hmm. with another team. You know what I mean? I've never Mm -hmm. actually worked with him until, you know, last September. But um, it was real easy, you know, real easy, just a conversation. You know, I mean, I, I had some questions prepared and we went on a different route. (laughs) you know know, the first two or three questions got asked and then uh you know he got talking we talk about his son who played you know made it to double a um is now a scout in professional baseball with seattle we we get into all types of um you know other things you know uh, just about baseball about his career and and all that sort of stuff and he's so fan friendly and it's just a pretty good conversation i hope everyone enjoys it absolutely well uh, without further ado, let's make sure we let everyone enjoy that interview with the president of the Wichita Wind Surge, Mr. Jay Miller. Welcome back out to Surge Baseball and Beyond. Tim Grubbs, along with the president of your Wichita Wind Surge, Jay Miller. And uh, Jay, 38 years in baseball, countless teams. Uh, Sporting News Executive of the Year in 2000 and 2003. Uh, Baseball America Executive of the Year in 2005. Your accolades are high. We, we're not going to be here to pat you too much on the <laughs> back, but uh, early April, it seems weird, you know, with this pandemic that we're not playing baseball. I'm not here to interview you about that, but uh, just uh, how you hanging in there and, and how you handling uh, baseball not starting on time. 
Well, first of all, uh, it's a pleasure to work with you, Tim. I mean, I've known you for years, and we've always been across the field. And, and to get to work with a true pro like yourself, I'm very pleased that we're finally working together. Yeah, this will be exciting. It will be exciting. But uh, to get back to, to the baseball part of it, you know, this is actually two years. This is going on oh, two yeah, years without baseball because I was here last year when we were building it. And so needless to say, I'm not used to this, and I don't like it. Yeah, I don't think any of us like <laughs> I, it. <laughs> I, I love playing baseball, and, you know, we put in such long hours, and it's a long season. But when the season's over, I don't think there's any one of us that about a month or two after that aren't ready to go again because, you know, we have this baseball in our blood. We certainly do. Okay. Part of the reason why Lou probably brought you here, um, you've opened – Seven ballparks? Is that the correct number? This will be this will be number six. Six, okay. And I, I got to tell you, I think, and I'm not just saying this. I think this was the most fun because we had such a camaraderie um, with the construction guys and Je Dunn and Eb and all of the contractors, and uh, we all ended up becoming friends. And I think that's why it got done on time, and that's because everybody was fired up about the project. Yeah, I know, um, you know, I know from talking to you, you built New Orleans, which is where I've been the last 18 years. And then you went to Round Rock, and I remember interviewing you on the air, oh, probably early 2000s, and you told me, like, what you learned from New Orleans and how you improved it at Dell Diamond and Round Rock. You know, and I guess that's that's evolving. You know what I mean? That's one of those things as you keep designing and, and building new ballparks. Of course, you're evolved at the Texas Rangers opening now their old stadium, which is kind of odd. But yeah, uh, yeah. What, what, what's different about this ballpark that you had learned and maybe had taken those ideas from Dell Diamond and from Zephyr Field? Well, th there's a lot of little things that this ballpark has that I'd like to take credit for them, but I really can't. Um, for instance, like the suites, where the suites have those patios when you walk out right. the door before you get to your seats. Um, I think that was the architect that came up with that, and I suspect that every ballpark in the country is going to have that situation because, you know, when you walk out of a suite and you go right to the seating bowl, you can't really talk. Here you got a big area that everybody's going to be able to talk, and then if you want to watch the game, you just step out in the seats in front. Yeah, I know when I saw that, that's for suite holders, and especially baseball, you know, and not, you're not on the edge of your seat. You're not chewing on your fingernails if, you right. know, the team's winning or losing. It's more of a social event. I think that's, that's a great idea. Yeah, and, I, and there's so many little things at the, this ballpark, like, two, you know, the extra clubhouse. So mm -hmm. our guys never get displaced from their clubhouse. It's a little thing, but it's a big thing. You know, there's bathrooms in the in the outfield bullpens. Can you tell me any stadium that you know of that has bathrooms in the outfield bullpens? No, it's so there's so many little things like that. Even cup holders at the first row, you know, if you're in the first row in most ballparks, you don't have a cup holder. Cup holders are on, you know, screwed into the wall in front of your seat. They're bigger seats. They're wider seats. There's more leg room in these seats where you don't even have to get up to let somebody buy. All of those things, I think we all took into account that were customer amenities that really make this place premium place to watch a game and obviously something i think will be coming in all the ballparks is the netting you know all the safety measures that will be here for baseball and for years to come that that no question about that and i think all of us that have been in the game as long as we have love seeing that because it doesn't enhance it does not hurt your view at all but yet the safety of the fan they're not going to get hit by that screaming line drive anymore there might be one that comes over the top but you have time to react and everything else. So I, I love the fact that our net goes from foul pole to foul pole. 
Now, for you, getting to you personally more, uh, you know, you've bounced from a couple teams here and there, opening new ballparks. Uh, when you got the phone call, you were happy in your career where you were to come to Wichita. What what jumped at you to go, yep, you know, I'm, I'm, I've been in Texas the last how many years? I'll move to Kansas. You know, I think a big thing was uh, Lou, you know, because Lou, you can't help but um, – his energy is contagious. The guy never has a bad day and he's always up and he, he thinks baseball morning, noon and night. Um, I've been on the, across the field from him for years and we've battled to see who was going to lead AAA in attendance for years. And, and he's a lot of years he beat me a lot of years I beat him, but now we're together and we're, we're, we're doing these things together and, and hopefully, we'll put some crazy numbers on the board attendance wise. Yeah. We talked to uh, Lou last week on our first podcast. And one of the things that uh, my broadcast partner on the, the podcast side, Cookie Rojas, he, he talks about Lou as being a, a visionary, like a Walt Disney. Have you seen some of those same types of characteristics? Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and he loves thinking outside of the box. And I think we're a lot the same that way. Like for instance, basketball is so big here. You know, we're going to have two sport courts, one for one a six-foot goal and one a 10-foot goal. And again, I think we've always been of the mindset in our business that we are a little bit like Walt Disney, and you don't even have to be a baseball game or a baseball fan to come to our games because there's going to be so many other things for you to do to keep you occupied and have fun. And, and people will see that when they come out. And I know how much of a fan-friendly guy you are. One of the characteristics in the 20-plus years that I've known you is your ability to learn names. How, how, and I've even asked your brother about this when he worked with Round Rock. How, he says he doesn't have that. Where, where did you develop and how did, how did you learn that? Because it is such a great thing when you see a season ticket holder and you can remember their name and, and their wife's name or vice versa. I've, I've been fortunate to have some great, great bosses. And probably near the top of the list is George Bush, the old, the president. Um, when I say George Bush, I mean George Bush Jr. I right. ain't that damn old. <laughs> <laughs> but anyhow, um, George is the one that uh, back in, I think it was like 1989 or, or maybe, was, I don't know, one of those years. But George taught me about remembering people's names, how important it is, especially if you haven't seen them in a while. And the other thing he taught me was the handwritten note. And I still do handwritten notes today. But I think those little things are what's lost on society now somewhat. Um, people don't take the time to write the handwritten note or, you know, to remember somebody's name. I mean, when you someone walks up and you haven't seen them in two or three months and you call them by name, it's like, how did you know that? But I do a lot of association. Like I might... If I'm thinking of Tim Grubbs, I'm thinking of Derek Grubbs. Well, here's another Grubbs. He's Tim. He's Derek. You know, right. I, I do a lot of association when I remember. Like if someone has my name or if someone has a name of someone that I'm close to, I look at them and I think of that person, and that's how I remember their name. Yeah, because I think it goes a long way, and it, it's left an impression on, you know, everybody that I've known who's spoken about you over the years. Of, you know, and it, it seems like it's a really cool trait, and, and it means so much, especially in this business. You know, where people are spending money, yeah. you know, coming to the ballpark, and the president of the club knows who they are. Well, I don't know if you know Jim Bowles from all, from all your trips to, to Round Rock, but Jim Bowles was a leader in the community, and he, he used to kid with me. He goes, you know, I'd come to the ballpark, and I'd run into people, and they just said they spent two or three innings with you. And I'd run into 10 or 12 people that said they spent two or three innings with you, 
And he, I know that's impossible. And I go, well, I probably spent, an, <laughs> you know, an out with him. You know, I probably stood with him there and right. talked to him for two or three minutes. And and uh, he goes, well, that's a big compliment that that's what they say. But always have time for the customer. Always. For you, you've been in baseball. You know, you played college baseball, and you've been in baseball your whole life for the most part. Uh, what do you think you would have done if 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 you didn't work in baseball? You know, that's a great question, and I've been asked that before. But I literally, Tim, I'm not exaggerating when I say this. I wrote a paper when I was in second grade when they asked you what you were going to do for a living in the second grade. And I said I was going to make my living in baseball. Of course, I thought it was going to be as a player. Right. And then when the scouts didn't feel the same way, <laughs> then I had to go to plan B. But I literally have known since I was in the second grade that, that I was going to work in baseball, and I've just loved it that long. I wrote a paper when I was in 10th grade that I wanted to work in baseball. Of course, by that point, I knew I was probably done as a player. So you were definitely ahead of me on that curve. Yeah. You yeah. know, and I knew I was going to try to work in baseball any way I can, whether it be, uh, you know, sales or, you know, on the scouting side or anything along those fronts. Well, well, the other thing I tell people is, you know, like when you interview these young kids, they say, well, you can't make any money in baseball. Or, you know, I've heard this or I've heard, you know what? I don't care what you're doing. If you, whatever the job you're doing, if you're good at it and you enjoy doing it, you're, you're going to make money and you're going to be just fine. And, if you can go through your life feeling like you never had a real job, which is how I feel because I work in baseball, because I love what I do to, so much. I mean, you and I are the same guy. I mean, we've been coming to a baseball field our whole life for a job. And, it's and not, it doesn't feel like a job. Yeah, and you look out your window and you see a baseball field. If I have a bad day, and we all have bad days. Right. But if I have a bad day and I'm, I stand up and look out my window and look at a big, big, big old, big, beautiful baseball field, it seems to be a lot better. Now, your influence on your family to being in baseball has been huge. I mean, yeah. Yeah. you lured your brother from what he worked in IBM for a long time to work in baseball Yep. In, with Round Rock. And then your son, who played minor league baseball, professional baseball, is now a scout in minor league baseball. Correct. For major league baseball. And that's just, I think that says a lot about you, that you've influ- you pulled your older brother into playing, into working baseball, and then your kid doesn't quite follow your footsteps, but is still involved in baseball. Exactly. My, my brother was a big shot at Marriott. Marriott, know, na- okay. National VP of sales for the country. But he was getting on an airplane all the time, and he was making a lot of money. But he was living out of an airplane, you know. And he'd always see me, and he goes, you always look so happy. He goes, I, I love my job. And you always stress about your job. You're making a boatload of money, but you don't like it. So you need to stop doing it. And he came to work with me. Uh, in Round Rock in, in, when he was like 53, 54 years old and, and lasted 11 years there before he retired and loved it. Wish he'd have done it sooner. And then, of course, my son, who uh, there's not many people on the planet I'm prouder of than my son, he was the first bat boy in Round Rock when he was six. <laughs> and, his, and his co-bat boy, you could do that then. You can't do that right. now. And his co-bat boy as a seven-year-old was John Danks. So those were the two bat boys, and John Danks, his last uh, contract in the big leagues was $65 million wow. for seven years. And, um, of course, Derek, he got that minor league money, but he got the double A, and he got the experience, he got a shot. And now, as you said, he's scouting with the Mariners and loving it. Yeah, you must have been uh, a proud father when you saw your kid play in all-star games and single A and 
did you think that he was on the rise and, and a chance to become a major leaguer? You've been in this game a long time. We, we watched this game, and it, it's, hey, guys at single A are extremely talented. It's, sure. It takes that 1% that actually makes it to the big league. Sure, and um, Derek was kind of a late bloomer. He got tall and, and bigger in high school, actually. He was like 6'1", 155, 160. Right. And then when he got drafted after his junior year of college, he was, you know, 6'1", 175, 180. But it was all muscle. There was no body fat. And he just kept getting better. And uh, I think, you know, he had a shot. He was a great outfielder. Um, but he got moved down from double-A to A-ball by Benintendi. Yeah. And then he decided. At least it's a big name. That's right. <laughs> and then he decided that I'm 24 years old and back in long A. It's time to move on with my career. So, you know, a lot of guys kick around triple-A until they're 32, 33 years old. And then, they're, then they need a job. And they really have, you know, what skills do they have to go back on because they've spent their whole life kicking around in the minor leagues, which you can't make a living there. Right. Well, that, as that's a player, true. As a player. It's difficult. Now, if you spend any time in the big leagues and you've been on the 40-man for a while, those guys can. Different but, story. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely a different story. For you, um, you know, obviously in this game, we all talk about championship rings. You were one out away from a World Series ring. Oh, man, I was one strike away on four <laughs> different occasions. And that's why today, and I'll still say it, I hate the Cardinals. Right. <laughs> of course, I grew up a Cub fan, too. But but I've gotten rings at every level, championship rings at every level. And, and um, I won the uh, two times I was with the Rangers when they were American League champions and one time with the Astros when they were National League champions. So I'm fortunate to ha enough to have 12 rings from my ga years in the game. So Well, that's fun. Yeah. Um, and that's great. You're you're Chicago guy. Uh, big Bears fan, you know, obviously, uh, even though you haven't been associated with the Cubs, uh, how much fun was it a few years ago when they had put an end to that curse? Oh, it was unbelievable. And then uh, when they hit, when that, uh, whoever hit that home run to tie the game, ah, here we go again. <laughs> and and I didn't believe, I didn't, because, you know, when you've been a Cub fan your whole life, um, but then when they won that, it was pretty emotional. I know a few of us cried. Yeah, no, I mean, and, uh, I I remember that old woman. You know, I don't know, she was ninety yeah. some years old, being in the. They kept showing her. And then uh, that lady, I think that's the one of the fans that died like a week after the World Series. Oh wow! She was waiting to win the World Series, and then she died. She was in her nineties. <laughs> but uh, I mean, what a great series and. And yeah, there's a lot of great memories. We were there. We were in Wrigley Field for the World Series, all three games. So, right with, with my family. So it was great memories. Oh, that's great. Yesterday was National Deep Dish Pizza Day. You being a Chicago guy, did you partake in it here in Kansas? I did not. Have you know found that? any? I did not know <laughs> that, but I will tell you that I had a pizza yesterday, and it was called a Home Run Pizza, and you can buy it at Walgreens. Oh wow! And it's a Chicago pizza, and that's what I had for dinner yesterday. It was pretty close. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 And it was it's not deep dish. Right. But it was good. It's a Chicago pizza. It's made in Chicago. And you you can buy it at Walgreens. I was shocked to see it there. Oh, I've actually had their pizza at uh, Midway. Yeah. There's a home run pizza in the, the food court at one of the Chicago airports. Well, Jay, I don't really have much more to say, but uh we're looking forward to playing baseball and, and for you and I to be doing our, our real jobs and and I appreciate you spending some time here with us on the podcast. Likewise, uh, Grubby, and I will tell you that you're in for a ton of fun. You did a great job in New Orleans and spent a lot of years there and put up with some pretty tough circumstances, whether it's a hurricane or 
whatever it was, the down economy, but the fun's getting ready to start when we start playing baseball. And, and this, this Wichita area, the fans, the people, everybody, you're going to have a great time. And I think that uh, this Miami Marlins, you know what I mean, that you see the players that are coming up, and I read a lot yeah. about them. I think we're going to have a lot of talent here. I think we're going to be loaded. It's going to be a fun year. Well, as soon as we start playing, it's going to get fun. I know. I just hope it's soon. Me and, too. And uh, you know what? Some things comes to those who wait, you know, and we just need to be a little patient here. Well, we know God's in control. That's yep. what matters. Well, Jay, appreciate your time, uh, and uh, let's stay healthy. All right, buddy. Jay Miller, everyone. Awesome interview, Tim. Thank you so much for taking the time and uh, interviewing Jay. That was a, a lot of good stuff in there. He's really one of the most fan-friendly people I think I've met in this business. He really is. I mean, you know, and I did touch in the interview, his ability to remember people's names to me is just incredible. You know, when he just goes yeah. up to somebody and he just pulls it out of the air and it's, you know, something that I don't have the ability to do. You know what I mean? If I know you, I know yeah. your name, but a lot of times I, I only right. met you once. Sometimes I don't remember it, but uh, great guy. Right. And, I'm- and he's had such a long career and, and to, and to, you know what I mean? Just so many things that he's done, yeah, you know? And the ability you know, for him to open all these facilities over the time. This is number six for him. Yeah. So, um, yeah. you know, and obviously he's got a, a nice touch about doing that. So looking for, and he's, he's yeah. in the same boat as us. We're just really just hoping for, you know, when we throw out that first pitch, you know, at some point this summer. Yeah, that's it. That's it. I remember when Lou told me that he was, uh, you know, that we were going to be relocating and uh, that he had Jay uh, as the president. And I'm like, if there's anyone in the business that knows how to open up a new stadium, it's that guy. And I was looking forward and I have been, we've all been blessed to be able to work with Jay. So great job again on the interview. Well, Thank thanks you. Thanks to Jay. I think, um, <laughs> yeah, I think next week, uh, for our podcast, we've got an interview with uh, Jared Forma, who is our GM. Uh, should be an interesting take. And uh, and then we're going to continue to go through our staff, let people know who we are, etc. But in the interim, if you want to kind of know who Tim and I are, uh, you can follow us on social media. Tim, where can folks find you? What platform? So it's uh, Mr. M.R. Tim Grubbs at Twitter. Um, is probably the easiest way to get a hold of me there. So, mm-hmm. yeah, any questions you got, any topics yeah. you want us to talk about, uh, anything along those lines, that'd be great. Absolutely. And, if, folks, if you want to find me, you can easily find me at uh, on Twitter at the Cookie Rojas, uh, T-H-E, Cookie Rojas, um, and same thing on, uh, on Instagram if you want to find me there. And, again, send us questions, and uh, you can also obviously follow us on all of our uh, wind search platform on all the platforms you can find us uh, the wind search and be able to get um, I think they got a great contest going on right now in terms of like trivia etc but we're pretty easy to find it's um, at wind surge I C T you can find us there on Twitter and on Instagram um, so please follow us there as well and send us your questions um, as we go forward but uh, Tim, any closing thoughts, any, uh, any words right now for our fans before we uh, sign off on episode two? I don't think I got anything to stay healthy and keep washing your hands. And, uh, hopefully before we know it, we'll be throwing the first pitch. Absolutely. Thanks. I can't say it any better than, uh, the voice of the Wichita wind surge, Mr. Tim Grubbs folks. Thanks a lot. We appreciate you tuning in and, uh, please, uh, you know, rate us and review us. Uh, we look forward to getting on many more platforms. I know Bob, our AGM is going to make sure that we get on other platforms as well. And we appreciate it and we'll see you soon. Thank you very much. 